Welcome to another episode of Driving to the Riz. Your favorite hosts. Your favorite hosts. Elaria and Larry. You're going to have to write this down, I swear. All right. I don't know why that tickles me funny so much. I know. <laughs> but it does. It does, yeah. Yeah. So how you been, honey? I've been great, thank you. Did you notice it rained this week? It did. The rain came. How much rain did we get? I have no idea, but it, we got nice rain. Every the day? Creek, it, no, was it? I don't know. Pretty much. Was it? Okay. Every day. Creeks um, up to our knees. Maybe. Is it? Wow, that's really high. You can't walk across it. Wow. I did not know that part. I could hear it. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And uh, PB's quite terrified. She, oh my gosh. I just saw a um, hawk. A hawk? A hawk going towards the chickens and up again. Well, it's a good thing uh, Tiny's on duty. Well, he didn't do nothing. He <laughs> must have because I didn't see any hawk with feathers in him. No, it was too small for the chickens, but it tried. Oh. Wow, it's a small hawk. It's one of those, I can't remember the name of those little hawks. I don't know the name of them either. Not a red-tailed hawk, huh? No. That was intense. Like a mouse hawk? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Still up there. Something a shrew. One of the uh, roosters is upset about it. Yes, I can hear them. They make the strangest noise. They do. Like uh, you would think those uh, dinosaurs made. <laughs> Fred and I were watching a um, the latest Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah, there's a Clint Eastwood movie? Yeah. What's that and about? It, um, <laughs> well, there's a rooster in it. Oh, okay. He's a fighting rooster, <laughs> but he's not really a fighter. He's a lover. He's Aww. a good rooster. And he's like a guard dog, and he comes and he listens, and he pet. You can pet him. and He's a, he's like a puppy dog rooster. Oh. He's in the movie. I don't recommend the movie, though. We couldn't even finish it. I think the rooster will die. <laughs> mm, I hope not. I didn't get there. <laughs> we, we didn't get to the dead rooster, and the rooster wasn't doing any rooster fighting. Why? He was just like the boy's companion. Oh. So why... You couldn't finish. Why couldn't you finish it? Well, um, it's a bit, a bit strange because, you know, Clint Eastwood is pretty famous as an actor. Mm -hmm. And the acting is horrible. Oh, no. And the storyline is ridiculous. Oh, no. And, yeah. So uh, we just couldn't we just couldn't finish it. Oh. We both got to the halfway point or three-quarter way point. And we're like... Both of us distracted with other things. And you know how sometimes you're watching a movie and you go like, this is terrible. It's going to yeah. get better. And it doesn't. I just got to see it what it works. ends like and it'll get better. It never does. Well, it it didn't feel like it was going to. Oh, <laughs> so, no. so I stopped it. I turned it off and I said, Fred, we'll just say the movie ends. Like he stays where he's at, um, gets married, lives happily ever after. And the boy stays and they take care of all these horses. And the rooster lives a nice, happy old life. That's the end. It's <laughs> the like, end. that's a great idea. Because <laughs> it can only go downhill from here is where we were at. Mm. It was at, at, at heaven on earth. Oh, wow. <clears throat> There's a big crow. No, I think it might be a raven on the apple tree. Oh, eating apples. Biting the last apple. The very last apple. Oh, 
proud poetry. of him. Those are yummy apples too. Yep, he's really digging at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the point where he had created and found heaven on earth, Clint Eastwood and this boy, uh -huh. he'd, he'd, he'd gone to Mexico to um, bring this boy home to his father. Because oh. him, his father and his mother were um, divorced and arguing, and the boy had been with the mother in Mexico forever. And uh, the father wanted his son home. Uh -huh. So he kidnapped the kid? No, he went down to talk to him. Uh -huh. He sent his, uh, Clint Eastwood was an old cowboy who was retired and yeah. washed up, got hurt, broke his back, oh, okay. got on opiates, drugs, and alcohol, and oh, my washed goodness. up, no good. And the uh, dad was a rich ranch owner who had hired him, but fired him. And then went and found him in his house and said, hey, you owe me. I've been paying the mortgage on this house that you're living in, even though I fired you. We go down to Mexico and talk to my son and see if he'll come out. Okay. Tell, so him, I've got a, tell him I've got a horse here for him and a ranch so and everything So the son else. was not a child? 13. Oh, he was a child. Okay. But in well, Mexico, he was 13-year-old, and he ran away from his mom all the time. He lived on the streets. And, oh, my goodness. You know, all kinds of things. Uh, but there was, like, plenty of, you know drama involved in the mm -hmm. relationships so he wasn't supposed to go kidnap him he was just supposed to go talk to him and tell him what's available and then mm -hmm. help him catch a ride home to the u.s okay which you know it's a decent setting for a movie of course yeah but the acting was, but the uh, acting was atrocious the 13 year old acts like he acted like um a toddler oh my god oh really there's a horse there i can have a horse if i go there with you you know that kind of stuff yeah and it was, like, absurd. Because oh. I, I don't know if Clint Eastwood's met any 13-year-olds, but they don't <laughs> they act don't like that. They don't like that. No. no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, don't. And Clint Eastwood met a young, attractive woman who cooked for him, him, and she loved him, you know, oh because, because he doesn't snore. <laughs> That's why, because he doesn't snore. Because all guys, you know. Yeah, and he's, like, super <laughs> ancient, <laughs> and she's not. But she loves him, of course. Oh, my God. But anyway... At some point in the movie, as they're going back to the U.S. and they get stopped in the middle and they're in this place in the restaurant and they have a ranch and this Mexican guy who catches wild horses but can't sell them because they're not tamed. Mm -hmm. And so Clint Eastwood's taming him, but he's too old to do it all the time. So he's teaching the boy how to tame him. So it's like creating this perfect situation of multiple circumstances that made a perfect life. Mm -hmm. And the... Uh, the rich dad in the U.S. actually only wanted his son home for leverage against the mom because he had a business deal in Mexico. Oh, my goodness. So he's like a stinker. Oh, my goodness. So, of course, at some point, it gets into the movie where everything is perfect and there's no reason to change anything, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. where we shut it off. Okay, that's good. We said, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, they had a great life. They have a great life and everything's perfect. Yeah. I don't see any reason Horses, to muck it up. Horses, got a rooster... Horses and a rooster, yeah, food, a wonderful place to live, yeah. and an endless supply of horses that need attention. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Clint Eastwood is a magician with animals and healing them and everything. Oh, he's an animal whisperer? Yeah, fixing them, helping them, healing them, kind of like a vet, yeah. but with no license. Yeah. So this lady shows up with her dog and her husband, mm -hmm. and the husband says, you have to fix this dog. My wife is a very mean woman. <laughs> if you don't fix her it will be bad oh and the lady shows up and she's she's got this angry face you know but she has yeah. this big huge dog and he's she's holding him and he's um a little old mm -hmm. actually he's quite old 
and he Clint looks at the dog and her and she gives him this glare and he looks at the little boy and he says I don't know how to heal old. <laughs> so he says, I don't know how to heal old. <laughs> yeah. He's an old dog. Mm-hmm. She so said, so he told her, he said, what you need to do is let your dog sleep on the end of your bed. <laughs> That's the best way to fix him. So they're like, okay. So in, the, in a sense, you know, it's all creating this heaven on earth. Yeah. New paradigm life. Yeah. You know. Let your old dog sleep on the end of the bed. That's the best cure. <laughs> so, uh, oh the essence of, I guess, what I'm talking about is job, right? His retired and doesn't have a job, and he he um, created a new meaning for his life. And in this sense, even though the movie was terrible, the meaning was a high frequency, purposeful, purpose oh. filled life of healing and uh what's the words healing and uh empowerment of those around him and you know the stuff that we talk about the mm-hmm. stuff you teach mm-hmm. he was he created a perfect life mm-hmm. now of course it's a hollywood movie so everything's got to go to crap <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's why we shut it off because oh, okay. we don't subscribe to that anymore no that's true and I, you could just feel it coming, you know. Yeah. Because please, Clint Eastwood. Because well, it's a Hollywood movie more, oh. more than Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know he was even still alive. He must be ancient by now. Yeah, he's quite aged. Yeah, and so some of the acting part was a bit absurd because you know he's too old to be getting on a horse, <laughs> and uh, he's definitely too old to be attracting the amorous. Of a, of a 20 year old <laughs> she was at least 40 <laughs> she's looking at all the, the two dogs she's the looking window. at the two dogs through the glass window yeah mm. and she can see them but she can't smell them and with dogs smell, smell is the final barbature yeah. yeah the jobs I have yeah I guess we have had several people during this world split Talking about, but what do I do if I don't comply? I'm going to lose my job, right? Right. And that's really important to have a job here in this paradigm because when you're born, one of the first things you're taught is that you have to pay to live here on this planet. You have to pay to have somewhere to live. You have to pay to eat, to drink water, to clothe yourself. And you have to pay to for transport. Uh, for communication, entertainment, for connecting with other people, pretty much for everything. I think it used to be you had to work for some of that stuff, and now it's evolved into or been redirected into pay for it. So you got to work somewhere else to get the money to pay for all that right. stuff. Yeah, because in the past you would work by building a house. Build a house yourself. with your friends. Yeah. Or your family, or your tribe, yeah. or your whatever. Yeah. When you get a certain age, your tribe gathers together and creates a place, a space for you mm-hmm. to live yeah. together. Take care of your house. And usually invite somebody from another tribe to join you, so that you know you have a nice, powerful tribal group. Yeah. You don't pay everybody in dollars or in fish. You pay everybody in um, babies. <laughs> <laughs> Make your tribe stronger. You pay each other in reciprocating things like that. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> it was a different system. It was a different system. It doesn't make it better or worse, or it's just, it was different. a different system. But now you have to pay for these things. Some places, yeah. Pretty much most places. There's, mm -hmm. there's exceptions, of course. And people get upset that they feel they have to comply for something that they don't want to do yeah. in order to pay to live on the planet. But that's also an illusion. Mm. It's an illusion. Because there are, well, we talked about it so many times now. In October 2019, yeah. before any of this happened. Any of this, this is, what time, this is October of 2021. 2021. That was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yep, it's been two, two years. years since yeah. that. Decree or whatever. That came Decree or warning or yeah, um, guidance. Yeah. Which I, I remember when you said it, I was like, what? I was set aback. I was like, what the? I have never heard you give a warning like that, honey. <laughs> it wasn't a warning either. It was a, a decree, a, a, an order. An order. And I don't give orders. You know? yeah. oh, I can't say that anymore. You obviously well, was, can't say it that. It wasn't mine anyway to give. Um, I was asked to give it by the human collective in Gaia. And you did. And I did, which is amazing. Which is also amazing. That they asked we... me to do. <laughs> <laughs> but they bugged me so much. I was like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and that was to create your own systems of education and work, social systems, because and I didn't know why, but I knew that they were needed. And now that's what it is. I have found many people can still exist within the old paradigm structured work mm -hmm. without complying right mm -hmm. um, because it's all it's almost like bluff right to different degrees it's bluff and there are you know people are getting they're told uh, by March Anybody who doesn't have it can't work, can't eat, can't this, can't that, can whatever, right? Yeah, it's always a, a deadline at some point in the future. Right. right? The pressure is built yeah. and released and built and released. Yeah, exactly, built and released. And whenever these things are taken to court, they just vanish and they disappear. So it's like um, identifying with or having become extremely dependent on the dark paradigms, uh, power or other structures, it's going to be detrimental to your state of happiness. Because you'll and, have pressure applied to you. Yes. Yeah. And I have mentioned this over and over and over again, and I'm blue in the face, but people still coming into the information for the first time. Right. Yeah. And it's fair. It's fair to say that people are being exposed to information. <laughs> That's new to them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, everyone kind of comes to their realizations at whatever stage or whatever time whatever they time. come to. Because exactly. some of us are really, really sleepy. <laughs> some of us, maybe not so sleepy, but some of us are, um, maybe our attention is elsewhere enraptured with another for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so the process of swinging shaking out of that, shaking it off, <laughs> isn't so, you know, everything. instant. You're, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's the blue pill, red pill thing, you know. Yeah, it is. 
It is, you know. It, it it's like uh, the conversation about specifics can get so detailed mm-hmm. that you get lost in the specifics almost. But yeah. the essence of your job, you come to the planet. You came here for a purpose, a reason, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes, we as guys, for example, will think that our purpose is to you know make the best boat, or catch the most fish, or weld the best weld Mm -hmm. maybe even uh create the best business for um making hamburgers that everybody wants one (laughs) (laughs) doing things you know engaged in doing things and by being engaged in doing those things becoming engrossed in them making money to make our families happy because Mm -hmm. you know obviously if we make a whole bunch of money they'll be happy So that's kind of where we get sidetracked into thinking that's our job for being is to provide money for our family, for right. example. For example, or to buy a new car or, you know, pay for our whatever. TVs and uh, yeah. credit cards or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it could be for all number of reasons that a person allegedly needs to have a job, right? Um I have a class at ineliabenz.com yeah. in the store called Life Mission and Your Daily Job. And in that class, this topic of the difference between, because one of the questions that are coming up also is like, what is my mission, right? Right. Why did I actually come, come to that planet? I came I here come and incarnated here to make burgers or to uh, at McDonald's. move papers around or to make sure helicopters fly and don't yeah. crash or whatever, you know, is that really why I came here? Right, right. And in that class, we talk about it, you know, in a great amount of detail, the whys and what the differences are and how they relate to each other. Your life mission. Because as people become um, expanded in their awareness, they become aware that there are life missions as a thing, actually. Yeah, they're here for more. And they're here for experiences, but here to create experiences with groups of people, for example, right? But somehow that gets a little bit sidetracked or hijacked even. Even people that are incarnated on the planet as like gray little gray aliens in human bodies mm-hmm. forget their own purpose for incarnating and they think it might be, you know... Having a family. Real estate and selling <laughs> houses. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I would ask my students um, would be when they were, at, when, when they were talking about their job, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, or even other things such as uh, my kids, right? Um, for for example, it's like, well, I feel, this would be an example, I feel like my life mission is to bring knowledge about, let's say, the Lemurians mm-hmm. or enlightenment or ETs or... Reiki or whatever to the masses. I feel that very deeply. That's their life mission? Yeah. That's how they, this is what they would say. Okay. And then the, in the next sentence they would say, but my two daughters and two, three sons refuse to talk to me because I've started talking about this publicly. Okay. So they've cut me off. They can't stand me. They attack me, uh, they call me names, they ridicule me, and they say they, as long as I 
talk about these things. They're not going to engage with me at all. Just go back to your regular life. Yeah, just go back to work, Dad. Right? Just or Mom. Go catch just some fish. Yeah, just be go, normal. Just be normal. Catch some fish or whatever, right? Sure. And my answer to that question was, okay, so you're spending a lot of time, effort, and energy the past year to try and compromise the two things, right? To get your children to accept you and what you feel is your mission here on earth, right? To or deliver. your family. It could be children, could be husband, yeah. could be whatever. Right, right, right. I'm just saying a generally made up, generally made up example. Could be your husband, could be your wife, right? So I would say, okay, so, or it could be their boss. Could right? be their boss. Yeah, it could be like, you know, dude or dudette, you know. Don't talk about that stuff, I'm going to have to fire you. If you carry on talking about this stuff, I'm going to have to fire you, you know. We cannot customers... have our company be associated with this kind exactly, of Exactly, right. Stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would say to them, okay, all right, let's have a look at this. I want you to close your eyes and ask yourself in a very, very, very important and deep way, was I born in this lifetime on planet Earth to make my children happy, to be the father that they want me to be or the mother that they want me to be? Is that why I was born here, to make them happy? Yes or no? Well, the obvious, the, the answer that came was, well, of course not. Right. But the drive is, of course, to do. Right. There's, exactly. a, there's a tug of war in there. Yes. It's like, but mm. of course not is the actual answer. I've never had anybody who said, yeah, I came here to this planet to be the best husband to that woman or to the be, be the best wife to that man. Or to be the best mother to those children, or to be the the be that they conceive to be the best mother, right? To be the best that they want me to be to their ch those children, to be the best sister conceive that that person can conceive, right? And I to mean, fit into their mold. I didn't come here on the planet Earth to fit into somebody else's mold. That's not what right. what I came here to do, and I'm sure that some people did. I'm sure that some people came here to be the best mold for somebody else. But I haven't met one yet. I, I haven't met one of those yet. I remember one. You do? Well, okay. in a sense. Remember um, Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer's dad? He came to Earth to not be a dad. Well, that's an interpretation. I don't personally agree with it. You don't agree with, with that one? No. No, I don't. All right. So, it's like, that's the question to ask. And then when you answer that, then keeping your job or not keeping your job or being a father or working at McDonald's or working at, I don't know, Schwab or working or whatever, is irrelevant, actually. It's not, yeah, leave that and go for your mission. It's not that at all. It's the opposite. It's like... Oh, you don't make your children happy because you can't fit into their mold of what's normal, right? Because you can't shut up about aliens, right? <laughs> or shut up about the Lemurians or shut up about enlightenment. 
So you can't be their perfect father and they're not going to invite you to their parties because you're going to embarrass them. Talk about weird stuff? Yeah, talking about weird stuff, right? Then that's fine. That doesn't stop you from being a father or a mother or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife. It doesn't stop you, right? You just release that pressure that you have to comply to what they want you. Or oftentimes even what you think they want more than oh, anything yeah, else. Oh, yeah, a lot of the time. But the people I spoke with, it, wasn't, it was pretty clear. It, they, were, they were clear and direct about Oh, yes. They had been you shut do, off. You do X, Y, and Z, and then I will like you again. Exactly. Which isn't right. actually going to be true, I bet. Right. You get the job, and I will allow you to see your grandchild, mm. for example. Right? Very yeah. clear. You stop talking about aliens and I will allow you to hang out with my children, your grandchildren. Or you stop talking about enlightenment and I, I, I let you into my house. Do you see? I do. It's a difference. It's a very different energy. Mm-hmm. So when those situations, the very, very clear situations happened... I would say to them, did you come here to earth? Did you have this lifetime to be compliant to that person? Is that why you came here? And they would say, no, nobody has said yes. Although I'm sure there must be some somewhere. But nobody, nobody said, that's right. I came here to be compliant to my daughter, my son, my sister, my brother, my mother, my father. Right? My grandchildren. Nobody has said I came here to be compliant to them. Right? Mm-hmm. And the job thing is the same. Did you come here on this planet to work for... Um, Chevy. Yeah. Or IBM. Or whatever's, right? Whatever's. Did you come here on the planet to clean toilets? Right? It's like, No. That you part's didn't... kind of irrelevant, right? Is exactly. that what you're saying? Exactly, yes. That Whatever part, you're doing, it doesn't it really... It doesn't really matter. Unless you're actually literally jabbing people in the arm with poison or you're literally um, creating like an poisons. assassin or something yeah, like that. Right. Or, you know... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, there are exceptions. That... <laughs> Unless you're doing those things. Mercenary. Right? Yeah. Then it's not actually... That would be relevant because it's going against you in enlightenment and all the other words, right? Right. That's like actively job, actively the opposite of, of your empowerment, enlightenment, empowerment, enlightenment expansion of awareness, exactly. and creating of a new paradigm. It's kind of mm-hmm. like um, yeah, incompatible. Yeah. yeah. So it's the gray part where the incompatibility appears to be there when it actually isn't. And so a lot of focus goes on the angst of the incompatibility when yeah. there is none. It just doesn't none. matter. It's, it's go do that matter. or go do that or go do that it or go do matter. that. Those things matter. aren't... Um, so what about someone who works for like a mainstream media? What about them? Whose uh, job is tampering down and spreading propagandas and things like that. So they're like kind of actively engaged in... The opposite of what they the came The opposite here of what they came exactly. here to do. Exactly. Exactly, the same as the people who are jabbing so other that people make, that or will, whatever. Yeah, that would feel obviously contrary. Yes, unless it's something that's opposed to, opposed to right. what you know you came here to do, then it's fine. 
in uh, some kind some some uh, some you jobs know, are with pe places that are so big they like have all those things they have people in there that are against it people that are for it people that are helping people that are obstructing so like the organization is so giant you can't really say one thing to it like yeah. if you work for the government for example right, that's right. the government who's the government <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a bunch of people right yeah I've had situations where people will say to me things such as but every everyone at work um, hates me or yeah. everybody at work uh, thinks I'm a nutter because I meditate and I say oh okay so can you give me their names <laughs> well there's a lot of them it's okay just give me like three names okay and they start thinking about it actually it's just one person right so it's actually one person who thinks I'm a nutter because I meditate oh okay so maybe we should test it yeah because you know in scientific method you test to prove yourself wrong that's part of the scientific method. You test it. So, um, ask two more people. Two different people. I said if to they them, think "Okay, no, no, no." What? I said, "Okay, two different people." Actually, it was two different people mm -hmm. who I said to, "Okay, so is there like a a place, quiet place in, at work where you can go meditate?" I said, "Yeah, yeah. Actually, we have a a room that is actually a meditation room." Okay. <laughs> at work. At work. <laughs> okay, I want you to go there at 12 and just put a little notice, meditation class, um, and then go in there and meditate for, you know, half an minutes, hour. half hour. Right. And see if everybody at work hates you or thinks you're a nutter, you. ridicules you because you meditate. All right. Okay. Very brave, these individuals. Different times, different years, different companies. Mm -hmm. Went to their work, did it. I don't know how they advertised it, but they did it filled up the classes, filled them up. And they came back, actually, not everybody thinks I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a whole bunch of new friends at work. <laughs> it's quite funny, right? huh? When you get, Such a, it's yeah. a part of being able, to, being able to be seen, or is mm -hmm. it something like that? Well, it's because a lot of, like you said, we were talking about the assumptions, right? They assume what other people yes, are going to think. exactly. We assume a lot, but when you test it out, often it's wrong. So... There's two different situations here, the ones where people clearly delineate the rules of their engagement and the other ones where we just assume everything. Right. So life, work, mission, all that. There's only one mission for every single awakened light worker on the planet today. Only one mission? Only one mission for everyone. What's that? To keep your frequency high, embody the new paradigm on a day-to-day -day basis, 24-7. That's your actual... Seven days a week. That's your actual mission. 52 weeks a year. That's your actual re uh, mission. Wherever and whatever you happen to be doing, you're doing that. Yes, while you're and it doing doesn't it. mean a false happiness, joyful demeanor. Not a pretend one. No, it's not, not, a not forced about being... One. Or positive thinking, which is absolute bullshit. Pardon my language hey i think positive thoughts <laughs> no i mean the methodology of okay. it okay <laughs> you can be positive all you want thank right? you honey yes but not the methodology i mean not lying to yourself no exactly <laughs> don't lie to yourself feel what you feel yeah. and what you feel use the processes process use the processes. your low frequencies stuffs stuff and that yeah. allows you to release them to yeah. send them back to source Right, and every time that you process a low frequency, especially fear, your frequency, overall frequency, goes back a little bit closer to your natural frequency, which is extremely high. 
And that's what you're here to do, to express you're your natural frequency. You're here to express your natural frequency. frequency. Anyone and everyone who hears that can see, feel, sense the truth of that single, simple sentence. Exactly. That's your mission. Your mission is to, mm -hmm. say it, honey, express, express your natural frequency. And, be, yeah. Yeah. and embody your natural frequency. Wherever, whatever you're doing. Which is extremely high. Yes. That's it. That's, That's your it. mission. And that is not incompatible with, with a, having a job. With the majority of jobs on the planet. Most of them, yeah. yeah you can do that toilets, whatever you happen to be doing. Whether you're cleaning toilets or, or whatever, or, or being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. So if you stick to that, you're going to be just fine. So job number one is that. Yes. And whatever other thing that you're doing, you're doing that while and being that while. And make sure they don't... And don't censor yourself. Right. And don't compromise yourself. Exactly. You are just that. And you're going to be shocked and surprised at how amazingly supported you are by the human collective. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That feels like revelatory, honey. <laughs> well... That and way lots more information are on that class. Mm. So go to, to ineliabens.com. Ineliabens.com. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what is the name? Life, mission, and job. What <laughs> yeah. is the name of the class, honey? Yeah. It is. I'll tell you the exact name so you can look at it. Maybe Ilya will put a Life, link. mission, life, mission, and your daily job. Life, mission, and your daily job. Yeah. yeah. So I found... That um, maintaining your um, natural frequency seems to be clearly, I don't know if the word's easier, but more durably kept higher if you join with people who are also that, instead of mixing with people who are not that. All the time, yeah. All the time, yeah. yeah. So, you know, in the past you've said... Um, your five people that you spend the most time with, make sure that their frequency is the same as yours or higher. Yeah, because that's going to be your average. That will be your frequency. Yeah, your average frequency will be the average of the five that you hang out with most. Mm -hmm. And it can be like the books you read, it can be the movies you watch, it could be the, the, the teachers you will follow, you know, that you listen to all the time. That adds to that average. It doesn't have to be people you hang out with every day. At a physical level. At a physical level, yeah. But doesn't hurt to do that. Uh, the physical level ones actually do have a major effect, the most effect. Okay, so it's the most effect is from the five physical. Yes. But if you haven't got um, five clear physical high frequency individuals, then you can substitute a one you spend time with listening to, reading, yes, engaging exactly. with their classes, things like that. Yeah. And they will be a good uh, booster. Right. I've had a lot of individuals um, joining the Nelly Benz Telegram channel and one of the first things they say is I had a fabulous teacher I've been following for decades yeah. and now they jab themselves and they believe in the virus and I'm gutted. I'm, I'm just devastated about this. I, I don't know what to do. Mm. I, I'm just so brokenhearted and I can't believe that I feel betrayed by this teacher and I, I don't understand how somebody who's so awake so aware so high frequency can do this myself yeah. included 
Yeah. Well, I wasn't following, but I enjoyed reading his writings. Who's? Pinto Pinto Boy. Oh, yeah. He's so oh, funny and so interesting. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I caught COVID and then I got two jabs. So now yeah. I'm a super, uh, super immune. And uh, they should make special exceptions for me. I should be able to travel without a mask because I'm not going anywhere with a mask on. But <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah, that okay. was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. I mean, the last reading, I still read a couple of his emails to see mm-hmm. what, what comes from it. Yeah, and what, and what has happened? What? He turned mm-hmm. into, I mean, his last email, he was a dirty old geezer. Oh my God, really? Really, truly. He turned into a dirty old geezer? Yeah. Oh my God. He made a spiritual trip to a seedy village town and he went to the the... Um, whorehouses. <laughs> oh my god. It was just disgusting, the oh, writing, you know, it was very low yeah. frequency writing. It's so like, what, what the, happens. what the holy muck trolley. Wow. I don't know if he actually did all that, but his story was pervy. Yeah. It was a pervy story. Wow. And then uh, the next, and the next one, it was basically righteousness. Uh-huh. He's a, he's a superman in the sense of uh, his immunity to COVID. Since mm-hmm. he caught it and he got two jabs, mm-hmm. so now he's a super immune, and exceptions should be made for him. Mm. And his wow. a plead to the powers that be to give him an exception. Oh my God! I mean, power over others, ego, uh-huh. you know, everything, everything, all everything. zing. He got two a super zing, and he probably had that to begin with, but he was expressing it in a way that was uh, kind of funny, and then you could like make an exception for, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his. His funny writing style, that's why he's saying that. I guess it wasn't, huh? But it wasn't. He wow. was always that. Wow. But now it's visible, which is the... Dividing factor, huh? <laughs> well, no, it's the raise the vibration of the planet uh-huh. that you spoke about to begin with. Yeah. It's raising in the vibration. It's clear. The vibration is very loud. It's, yes. it's unmistakable. Yes. The frequency of each person it's is unmistakable. Clear. And uh, yeah, so that includes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Express your frequency. Mm-hmm. His job is to express his frequency, which he's doing. He's doing very well. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that ain't mine. No, incompatible with Incompatible mine, with sure. yours. Yeah. yeah. So what do you say to people who have that experience? What experience? Where they're, someone that they spend a lot of time and attention with has exposed themselves as maybe being a vaxxer. And I mean... When we say that word, you know, what, what we mean is this particular one, not all of them, just this particular choice point, right? It is, yeah, it's just this yeah. particular choice point, yeah. What do I say to them? Yeah, remember you were talking about that, and I, I kind yeah. of interrupted you because I had a, a similar a experience and yeah. a story of it. What well, what did you do? Well, After you I withdrew and... my... Um, not so much authority to, but my uh, interesting focused attention. It's yeah. like, ooh, what does he have to write? I'm interested in seeing mm-hmm. and seeing if there's any gems in there. Mm-hmm. To, uh, oh my gosh. Now I want to see, now that he's exposed himself for his true frequency, what does he do? <laughs> Only in the sense of morbid curiosity. Morbid curiosity, right? It's like... <laughs> Let's see where this goes, because 
I'm glad I'm not on this train anymore. Oh you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad I'm not on that train anymore. So yeah, that's basically it. Be glad you're not on that train anymore and you were right to follow your your you knowing and knowing and knowing that that person is no longer if your frequency and step away, you know. They're driving a train, it's just not going where you want to. Sadly. That's all. Yeah. Doesn't mean that's a bad train. It's just not your train. And no, not good for you. <laughs> not good for you. Well, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. It's because there's judgments that are put around. Oh, these are bad people, or this is a bad person, or this is a bad that, or bad anything. It's just a different direction. Yes. I don't hang out with torturers or child rapists because they're different frequency, that's... different direction of their lives well that's extremely um <laughs> we could just call that bad bad person okay <laughs> that's different okay got it there's levels of bad person here yes that's yeah. just bad person <laughs> that's just bad person yeah, just yeah. stay away from those stay away with those entirely they're not on a train going to just another de destination they are the they destination. are literally going to a bad place they are the destination <laughs> they are bad place <laughs> They are the, the bad place. Yeah. It's still pulled out punches about that kind of stuff. There is clear. Okay, that's like, yeah, making my heart go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm back. Uh-huh. Work, mission, jobs. So if you have a job that supports you, it supports your um, mission house. on the life, which yeah. is what? Your mission for coming to the planet right now? Yeah, to stay high frequency. body your natural frequency. frequency. If your job supports you in doing that. Yeah, because it gives you shelter, you can buy nice things, you can pay for your food, you can hang out with friends and give them a nice expensive barbecue, yeah. you know. If it does that for you, right, and it does not compromise your frequency, you make sure it doesn't, then you're fine. Cool. So where it gets um, tricky is uh, when we individuals compartmentalize these mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So we separate our mission from our yeah. job exactly. and try to be in job a certain thing that's a we believe is expected of us, right. right? At a frequency that is not what you came here to be. Right, because we think that's what's separate. required at that job. For and example, it's, and we it's might, separate to your mission. And it's separate, yeah, because mm -hmm. it supports my mission, but my mission is a different time and place and everything right. else. I do that. Mm, I meditate at 6 a.m. Yeah, before I go to work. Yeah, and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't do that at work. Okay, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't do that at work. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a clear incompatibility. Yes. Right. But some of them are more subtle, right? Yeah, some like, of them are some like... Some of I... them are, I spend nine hours a day concentrating on computer programs and not on delivering the message of empowerment. So is that compatible or incompatible? Right. Yeah. So it's okay, so you're working nine hours a week, a day. Uh -huh. um, what do you do afterwards? Well, there's still stuff to do, so I carry on working. Well, that's not compatible. Right? Right. Because you're overworking. Right. You don't okay. even have... Yeah. Right? But, oh, actually, after that, I go out um, with my friends. We go hiking and biking. Mm -hmm. And 
I write my stuff and I meditate and actually I, I just sit and observe the wonderful, amazing beauty of Gaia. That feels compatible to me. That feels fine. Yeah, because that's job. You know, I spend nine hours a day on it, but because of it, I was able to um, buy this really beautiful land um, that I can drive to, and I'm building a really beautiful community there. Boom. Boom. Or whatever. You know, it whatever. doesn't have to be that extreme. It could be just I sit and watch the sunset every day. And I am able to in a warm, dry, comfortable place or in a nice, cooled, ac environment <laughs> if you're not into heat, <laughs> right? Um, because my job pays for the mortgage, right? So it's not complicated. Well, it is complicated. What if I didn't get a mortgage and I lived simply, you know, and I didn't need a job it's to a, pay the mortgage? Well, and then it's a lifestyle choice. I could choice. work like two hours a, two hours a week. It's a lifestyle choice. When somebody said to me, you know, the problem is that um, my life will be over if I give up my job, right? Mm -hmm. They were obsessed with their job. And they said, my life will be over. And I said, what do you mean your life will be over? You're going to die? No. I said, well, what do you mean then? Well, I won't be able to pay for my five-bedroom, four-bathroom home. Oh, okay. So you'll be homeless? Not really. I, I have friends and relatives that I can go live with. Okay. But I won't be able to, to pay for my bills. Uh, so you'll have no water or food. Well, not really, because... And then, you know... So what you're saying to me is, if I give up my job, I have to give up a lifestyle choice, which is living in luxury. Right? Uh -huh. So is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Let's start from that point. For you to live in luxury is important. Yes, it is. Okay, let's start from there. Let's try and work around this thing because that is important to you. But it's also your trap. Not necessarily. In a sense. Not necessarily. You That's make what it they're trying trap. to say. That's what yes, they're saying. It's that's like, what they're saying. This is the lifestyle I choose and it's my trap. Exactly. Yeah. So... From the perspective, the first thing is, okay, just make sure you know that this is your life choice. Mm -hmm. You can actually live as a homeless person under a bridge. You can continue living. But that's not your life choice. That's not your lifestyle choice. Yeah, probably one week of that and you'll be like, I'm done with that. Exactly. So, let's be clear here. What we're talking about is maintaining your lifestyle choices. What you like to have as an experience here on this planet. Let's start from there. Okay. Okay. And from there, we're going to work uh, backwards to figure out how to continue it, how to keep it, right? While not compromising what you actually came here to do. Which was Stay embody your natural high, high frequency. frequency. Yeah, your natural frequency is very high. You came here to embody that at this time of period, right? Right. To keep it, to stay it. And then embodying it also by recreating... Recreating healthy communication systems, educational systems, work systems, social systems. Right, right, right. Which people are doing all over all the over. world now. They're doing all it over now. The world. Yeah, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So, those are the things. I always say when I find those things, I support them. Yeah. Whatever it is, even if I'm not especially wanting that thing or that stuff, it's like yeah. I'm going to support it in some way because that is what I'm here to embody and create 
and in that support. Yes. So <clears throat> that's the thing, right? And then we can go to all the other things that we learn in the manifestation workshop mm -hmm. and that I teach. Great why, your right? strong why, your, your club, your... Um, .com, .com, walk with me now. I teach these things everywhere. Right? right. All the tools you need to be to set yourself up for success. You can keep your five-bedroom, four-bathroom home, yeah, yeah. your Ferrari. Your job. You can keep your work right? Right. That pays for it all. And be a high frequency embodying the high frequency. You see, one of the really bad traps that the shadow side of our human collective did was to demonize wealth. Right. So the guys. Why? Why? <laughs> why? why? Why did they demonize it? Do you remember? To... Um withdraw the power and ability to do from a high frequency collective exactly exactly what can a person who can afford a five-bedroom house or even a mansion and ferrari or, or ten what can they do that you cannot do without having that capacity to have all those things apart from not having those things the person who doesn't have those things also cannot start companies create movies build satellites with you know, high frequency, um, uh, whatever, uh, emissions. emissions, right? Yeah, so like the satellites are transmitting at a high fre a frequency that's supportive and Supportive high. of life rather than destroying life, right. for example. That's what it means. It's true, though, also then, to a degree that some jobs are more supportive of your mission. Mm -hmm. than others yes some are incompatible with your mission yes. some are irrelevant to your mission and mm -hmm. some are supportive of your mission yes but um the tendency to try and find specifically solely a job that's supportive of your mission in the sense like i'm going to teach how to be a healer from teach meditation classes or something like that for free, for example. They are they sound supportive, but they're detractive because you kind of like pull yourself You're not completely out of supporting your also, yourself too, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. your lifestyle that makes you comfortable. Right. Or you feel comfortable with yeah. and things like that. You're not completing the circuit. Yeah, it's not it's so not it is often, sounds it sounds simple, but you know, in yeah. each case is a bit specific mm -hmm. but um if you put priority you'd be amazed um, at how much the human collective and gaia loves you and will support you if you let us yeah be amazed and that part the part of do i charge for my meditation classes or not or who do i charge it to who's going to show up if i'm charging and etc etc on yeah. down the line right and mm -hmm. uh, for many years most of my life, I would work with individuals who were on the front line of empowerment and enlightenment right. Right, and healing. So I would work with the workers who had all the, the students, who had all the followers, who had all those individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And often I would find them exhausted, <laughs> exhausted. So a guy in the human collective would send me around the world, yeah. right? Uh, coincidentally, you know, to meet these individuals, right? 
And um, one of the things that I noticed was that often they would do that type of thing, not completing the circuit, right? Right. Um, disempowering themselves. And, and I would advise them, give them advice, and I would come clean and say, here, I'm here because of this and this and the other. Um, you asked for help, here I am. You know, when you ask for help to your higher self, the human collective guy or God or whatever it is that you're following, mm -hmm. sometimes they send you a person. Sometimes. Right? And I would repeat back their request and they would go, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyways, um, often it would be that imbalance. So, for example, somebody, <clears throat> um, somebody who followed a particular teacher uh, said, oh my God, you know, your teachings are super compatible with my teachers. So this is, this is the people I used to work with before I went public, okay? Right. So I, I knew a lot of their traps and the things that they would get into. Mm -hmm. And often I would pull them out of the mud, clean them up, you know, give them a bit of boost of energy and everything. And send them back. Shower them. No, I didn't send them back. I would tell them, don't jump in there. Oh. That's really nasty. <clears throat> right? Well, but what do they did? They jump right back. Yes, yeah. they did. Right. And they didn't have the line, the oxygen line. Mm -hmm. Right? Why? The, because of all the teachings of uh, sacrifice and all that type of stuff, right? Martyr and and not completing the circuit, have to do it for free and all quite that type of stuff. Quite effective at disempowerment. Yes, very effective at disempowerment. It's not a good example to give. So fast forward, after 2010, uh, I was asked not to work with those individuals anymore, but kind of become one of them, right? Become mm -hmm. the person who teaches, who guides, who shows um, empowerment and all that type of stuff. <clears throat> and um, and often, and then the, I would get these messages of people saying, oh my gosh, you know, I have a teacher and your teachings are so compatible, you guys should work together. And yeah, actually, I remember, you know, I gave you those quite a few. Yeah, gosh, yes, you did. <laughs> Not such a good no, <laughs> suggestion, exactly, I'm sorry. Exactly, the suggestion was I'm absolutely sorry, honey. <laughs> That's okay. They seemed good at the time. Yeah. Um, and I would look at them and I would ask about their personal lives. So a few times I did have meetings with these people mm -hmm. and I, the first thing I would say to them is, where do you live? Mm -hmm. Right. And if they said to me, actually, I don't have a home, I live in somebody's sofa, I would like very quickly wrap up that conversation and not talk to them as a possible ally. Why? Because when you're living on a sofa, you're not exactly empowered, right? Oh, but my teachings enlighten people. Yeah, I can give people enlightenment. You know what? We're talking about an enlightenment that is real. It's not theoretical or woo-woo mm -hmm. or just perceived as. Um, I, Gaia loves you. So why are you so disconnected with Gaia? Gaia will give you a beautiful home to live in. Gaia will, and the human collective will make sure that you're comfortable. They will if you allow them. So why are you so disconnected? You see, this is what I saw. They were not actually enlightened. It was a false light because they were disconnected. Disconnected. Because Gaia and the Human Collective will support you in the level that you want that support or you accept it. So if they didn't accept it, they were living on somebody's sofa. 
If they accepted it only through free donations or whatever, they lived in a beautiful uh, ashram-type location where all their supporters put banded together and gave them a beautiful environment, mm. right? If <coughs> they were open to donations, for example, or they were open to... Um, I was taught... Basically support. Yeah, I was given the Ascension 101 course originally so I could pay for the website where I could put it right (laughs) so I could pay for the time and effort and time that I was spending creating and teaching people this information and be able to support myself at the time right Mm -hmm. so that's why it's like oh that's that's really clever so just create an income line and the human collective will support you yeah okay I'll do that right so I remember when I bought my Mercedes, I lost a lot of so-called followers, right? And I kept telling them not to follow me, just to see the guidance and truth it and test it and try out. And that was great. It's a purging, right? Because those were the individuals who had the programs of disempowerment so ingrained that they believed that their money, if they bought a course, I don't know how I was supposed to use it. Maybe just I had to be on the edge of poverty and it was used to buy water or food. Maybe, I don't know, but buying a Mercedes with it was not okay with them. I know, I, <clears throat> the first time I saw your car, I was like, oh, wow, she is. That's an awesome car. Holy <laughs> crap, I'm so excited. <laughs> She's not driving a beater. <laughs> <laughs> I let you drive it too. Uh-huh. And that was... I was so happy. I had never let anybody drive my car. And I let you drive it. And you went through a red light. Yeah, I was totally out. (laughs) (laughs) You cancelled that, letting me drive it right afterwards. Yes. Pull over. Pull (laughs) over. I'm driving. I thought you had your shit together. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, some people may have been put off by that. I don't know why. It was a very beautiful, very nice car, very... Um, but I also paid for a whole bunch of projects, mm-hmm. right? A whole bunch of projects. And that was my capacity. How did the Mercedes support me? I'm one of those individuals who need to have, like, beautiful, crafted things around me. They, I get energized. It energizes beautiful. you to be in that environment. Exactly. Exactly. Some and of it's us. Not everybody. It's not, not, not everybody, everybody. And it's not. I remember Everything. going to very expensive restaurants with one of my exes mm-hmm. and my sister and I walked in to this really expensive restaurant and she and we had my first husband with me and I think another friend and her husband. We walked in and my sister and I just breathed in deeply. It's like, oh my God, it's so nice here. <laughs> so beautiful we're so happy this is so energizing sat down treated like royalty it was beautiful great we loved it and then i looked at my first husband he was shrunk shrunk he hated it he hated every single moment of it he hated it and this other friend also they were both shrunk in energy and like in their seats you know like they they couldn't even touch their food even hardly (laughs) right and the rest of us were ha 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 and eating and enjoying everything, making comments and things, you know. And then I realized, oh, 
these type of environments are not supportive for everyone. Not everyone, no. Right? No, they don't energize everyone. Some people get like PB, PB. They get the opposite of energized. Yeah, they get scrunched in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like I could walk through any environment, right? Any environment without feeling threatened or whatever. But some environments I feel are very energized, and I can say the same about woods. I can mm-hmm. say the same about rain. I can say the same about sunset, right? They're very energizing. Yeah. It's but, one of those things. Yeah. But um, a garbage dump, not so energizing to me, right? But I have met plenty of people that find that to be the most fascinating, interesting, and engaging me place too. ever. Me too. It's like, oh yes. my God, it's yes, me too. filled with treasure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I so, have met yeah. those people. Everyone's a bit different. Remember we went to uh, the Empress in Victoria for tea? Oh, and yeah. It was so nice. Like, oh my God, isn't this nice? He's like, tea in the corridor. How nice. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. We're having tea in the corridor. <laughs> It cracked me up too, because <laughs> the Empress is a giant hotel for people who don't know. Yeah, it's a giant hotel in Victoria, Canada, and it's uh, where the Queen went, and they still have the Queen's dishes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they have a, a tea in the afternoon that's become a tradition, a tradition for a hundred years. Yeah. And you it's go there, and now, it's beautiful. It used to be a tradition. You go there, and you have this beautiful tea and these beautiful little sandwiches, and mm-hmm. and everything is so uh, you know in the corridor. <laughs> brilliant, but. They have it in the, basically, the, it looked like the ballroom is what they called it, but it wasn't really in a ballroom. It was in the corridor, which is the lobby to the ballroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a corridor. It was a corridor. corridor. <laughs> so we're in there and I'm thinking, wow, it's so nice here. And he's like, yes, tea in the corridor. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh you my know, goodness. It's- it's one of those things. I don't know where it came from. I don't it know cracked where it me came up, from. though. It cracked me up. Yeah. But it's like some places energize me and some of them don't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's in a corridor. To me, I don't know. The energy feels, or the flow of energy it just feels different. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like a lot of traffic and, you know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> But the tea was absolutely delicious. The company was top notch. Yep, yep. All of those things were good, but yes. it was the, uh, the the tea in the corridor part that just cracked me up. I was like, oh, I didn't realize we were in the corridor. Yeah. I was in, I was uh, blinded by the splendor, you know, because right, right. it is a splendid corridor. It's a very, very pretty corridor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, you know, find and uh, enjoy the things that energize you. Yes, right? exactly. It's okay if it is a beautiful little Mercedes. I mean, it wasn't like a seven hundred thousand no, dollar Mercedes, but maybe it is. So, but it put seven hundred thousand together and buy a what do they call those? I don't know. They have names for those kind of cars too. Right, right. So, if that's fine, that's, that's fine, fine if that's your thing. Yeah, that's fine if that's your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's like the 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 energy of limitation with regards to work and why you have to work and where you have to spend your money or other what people on? give you money. What do they dictate how you spend it? No, they mm-hmm. don't. So 
where all these things come from is all about the in the programs of limitation and also the program of lack there isn't enough you know mm-hmm. um so if you want to spend seven hundred thousand dollars on a car right if you want to do that because that's your favorite car on the planet then make 700 billion dollars so that the rest you can spend in amazing projects that empower the planet okay the high frequency individuals of the planet right so there is no limits yeah don't right there is no limits the limits are the ones that we've basically imposed on ourselves yeah so and i remember they're, they're, yeah. yeah again um We're one moving of the experiences yeah. that i had was i had some somebody who whose dream, entire dream in life, this is in England, and it's actually a common dream, was to own a Ferrari. Yeah, I remember. This person just wanted to own a Ferrari. From a little kid, he just dreamt about Ferraris, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to save every penny, and I'm going to get me a Ferrari. And I don't care what I do. I mean, actually, I better go to college. I better learn something that earns me a lot of money so I can buy me a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is a kid that... None of none of the members of his family had ever gone to college or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't actually go to college, but that was his that was his that's, vision. Because right? that's what he's been shown as the way to do it, right? Yes, exactly. So, my dad was listening to this person, right? And he then said to me, "I don't understand." He said, "Why something so meaningless and superficial?" Why something so meaningless and superficial in the center of this per- this man's life? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, he said. That's a waste of intelligence, a waste of time. I mean, a car is a car. It's, it's going to break down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's irrelevant. Get a, a little, you know, Honda or something for $20,000. Why, why spend... It's just a car. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's so superficial. Why are you friends with this highly superficial individual? And I'm like, I, whoa, I don't think that is it. And my mom was there too. It was one of those rare times where they actually met together. <laughs> um, and she said, oh, you just don't get it. I said, no. He said, I don't. He says, because it's not about the car. I says, what is it about then? He said, she said, well, to have a Ferrari, you need to have somewhere to park it. Right? And you can't park it in a uh, a tenant, a tenement, you know, like uh, a cheap place, because it's gonna get destroyed. Can't park it in the parking lot. No, on it's the gonna street, get destroyed. It's stolen. It's all the tires, People everything, the or mirrors, or yes, they're just gonna destroy it. because they're jealous of it. So what do you need before you get your Ferrari? You need a nice house with a garage, right? How? Why do you need? Uh, so to get that house and the garage. So you can get your Ferrari, you need way more than the 70000 or seven, whatever it is, $170,000. Whatever number. Right, $200,000. Depends on the Ferrari, honey. Yes, Some are a exactly. million dollars. Yeah. Or a million dollars to buy your Ferrari. Yeah. You need maybe $3 million just to get the garage for the Ferrari. Right. And then, so to get there, before you can even buy that, you need to this, this, and that. And then she would trace it all the way back mm-hmm. to just being empowered, being able, capacity to do. Right? To be able to bring these things into your life. It's a long journey, but it's not just about the car. It's about a whole journey that is filled with all these other things to reach that goal at the end of it. 
And it's like, oh, okay. So, you know. It is about the car, but it's really not. Right. So my dad, being a person who didn't care about money, wasn't doing things for money, guess what? You only married rich millionaire women. So he didn't have to worry about money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let them worry about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that yeah. was a good plan. Yeah, he did. He, his last two wives were millionaires. His <laughs> present wife is a billion, millionaire, so, yeah. Well, That's your, your Mercedes, remember, um, when we moved on to the boat, Yeah. we had dogs and we had a Mercedes. They did not go in the Mercedes. And... Uh, Every time the dog would get in the Mercedes, the hair would go everywhere. And then uh, when we park it at the marina, the salt water would get all over the brakes and things and yeah, make it all rusty. rusty. And it was not And then it was that. in the parking lot yeah. and there's trucks, including my own, that would ding the doors. Yeah. So it was no longer that luxurious feeling when I got into it because it was all rusty and It was getting rusty. And... It was getting dirty. It was getting yeah. dinged. It wasn't providing that same no. thing. So, so I got rid of it. Got I rid gave of it. it away to Daniela. And you got a pickup. Yeah. To carry your dogs in. Actually, we got a jeep. Oh, that's right. We got a jeep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know the new jeeps are hundred grand? He told me. I'm Can you believe it? Surprised. I'm so shocked. Hundred thousand dollars for a jeep. Yeah. Ours was ten thousand. Yes, it was. It was ten thousand. We put in a credit card. It was our first car. <laughs> <laughs> it was our first car. That was so cool. Yeah. It's like, ooh, ten thousand dollars. How can we get this? Oh, my credit card has that. Like, okay, let's buy a car on a credit card. That'll be fun. It was really fun. And it really helped too because um, it was compatible with where and what when we were doing. Yeah. And the Mercedes no longer was. No. Yeah. But at the same time, we had leather seats. Leather seats, and they were warmers and all. Wipers and yeah, wipers, and, all and the it was you know, in it too. So you know, it worked. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. worked, and now. We're looking at trying to find a nice garage so you can have another nice Mercedes so that you can sit in no, it. No, the Mercedes are no longer nice, unfortunately. Oh. Now we're going to get another nice Whatever. Alfa Romeo? Oh, yeah. I Maybe. like Alfa Romeo. I had an Alfa Romeo when I was in the 20s. A Yugi <laughs> <laughs> Or um, can you think of anything other? Well, we kind of have to go sit in some of them. Yeah. We gotta go. You kind of gotta go sit them and see if you get that feel. Yeah, exactly. It's the feeling. I don't care about the car. I mean, and your was Mercedes some... wasn't even a brand new one either. No, it wasn't. No. So People make a lot of assumptions. They do. Yeah. It was. But it doesn't matter. They they make those assumptions. If it's get they get triggered by the assumptions, then they're not in the right environment, right? Mm. They're not listening to the right teacher. They get triggered by those assumptions. I see. Well, then I was listening to the right teacher. I guess so, because you like the fact I like your car. And the very majority much. of my students and people who listened to my classes and everything were very happy and they saw it as, if she can do it, I can do it too. That's what I saw. That's how I felt. It's like, yeah. you are a very good and successful and um, worth listening to. I mean, you're not demonstrating your empowerment tools by living in Somebody's poverty so and groveling, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways, and this is I was mightily impressed. It, I was the also energy impressed. behind it was when I was a little kid, I was really small, and I listened to some adults talk about being afraid of not being able to buy food or something. Mm-hmm. And as a little child, I was really, really small. I'm, we're talking two or three years old. 
As a small child, I became fearful. I became suddenly afraid. Oh, what if we don't have enough to eat? We'll starve, right? This is what I thought in my head. And immediately, instantly, I felt and heard Gaia. Gaia, not the human collective. Mm -hmm. Gaia, say to me, Inelia, you must never be afraid of lack. Because I will always have your back. I will always provide for you. I will make sure that you never lack for anything. And if there's a reality where there's no food, I will make sure that you are not hungry. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay then, then, perfect. On we go. And the fear just left. Vanished. And that was it. And there, was, there were times when my, my mother, my brother, my sister, and I lived in the street. Mm -hmm. right? After the coup in Chile, we left, went to Argentina, there was a coup there. And he made my mom work in illegal, mm. right? Because she was from Chile, an exile. So she couldn't work. So we didn't have money and we didn't have food. And my brother, my sister, my mom went hungry day after day for days sometimes. And I didn't. Why? Was there food for me? No. I just did not feel hungry. Hungry. Well, that's a solution. Right? I did not feel hungry. And I didn't have less energy or anything. Hmm. I could function perfectly well without eating. Right? But it made my, my sister in particular suffer. Hmm. Because she's quite a bit, a few years older than me. And she couldn't stand the fact that her little sister was, didn't have anything to eat during the day. So one day she brought in um, some cornmeal, <laughs> right? Which was the cheapest thing you could buy at the store. She got her, she was 14. Mm. And she got herself a job at a bar, right? Cleaning dishes and serving um, drinks to people. And the, the small wage that she got, she went to the store and she bought cornmeal, which was the cheapest thing. She brought it home and she put water in it because there was nothing else, and she cooked it. And my mom and my brother and her started eating it because they were ravenous. I put it in my mouth and I spat it out. I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. That's disgusting. And she got so upset. She was just, you have to eat it. You're going to die otherwise. I said, I'm not going to die. And I'm not even hungry. So it's like, you have to eat it, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, what will you eat then? She said to me, she was desperate by now. What will you eat? I'll have steak sandwiches, I said. That's yeah. my favorite. I'll have steak sandwiches. Yes. And she's like, what? <laughs> steak meat is the most expensive thing. And bread is expensive. I can't give you that. I said, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll, I'll just go without eating. It's fine. But if I'm going to eat it, that's, what, that's the only thing I'm going to eat. And she's like, what? And she went back to work. Right? Yeah. And then after the next day or the two days after, she came home with two massive bags. One of the shopping bags was filled with steaks. Nice. And the other shopping bag was filled with bread. And she put it on the kitchen. And she said, I don't know what you did. She said, but today, two different customers, I didn't even mention this, but two different customers, one of them arrived with a bag of meat. Here it is. And he said, look, here, this is for you. Right? For you take it to your family cook it you know i have <laughs> i don't know if he was a butcher or he had cows or whatever but he had extras and he decided he's going to give it to the little girl in the bar hmm. 
And then the other bag, same thing. Some yeah. guy arrived with a bag of bread. Here's for you. Bread and steak. What does that make? A steak sandwich, baby. Exactly. So she was so happy. She didn't know. She said, I don't know what you did, but it worked. these random people just <laughs> gave me this. So think more things. <laughs> think more things. Yeah. <laughs> what else don't do you, you want? want a cake, honey? Don't you want exactly. a cake? What's some pudding? <laughs> and she Ice made, cream? <laughs> and she made steak sandwiches. And guess what? You ate it. I ate it. And it was delicious. It was delicious. Oh, right? good. The Human Collective and Gaia worked together. And the Human Collective and Gaia absolutely love you. Love you. You're here to embody the new paradigm. You're here to express your high frequency, your natural frequency. They love you. They love you. And if you let them... Oh, honey. If you let them... Right? Yes. You will be supported. You will have your steak sandwich. You'll have your you steak sandwich. You don't have to eat cornmeal. <laughs> cornmeal. <laughs> I've tried to cook you cornmeal too, honey. <laughs> I never eat it. You never eat it. Even with a fancy name. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Thank you>. Fancy name. <laughs> How about some polenta, honey? <laughs> yeah. What is it? I don't know. It says polenta. <laughs> You have some. (laughs) That's cornmeal. I'm not eating it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that cracks me up every time. (laughs) Oh man. Well, honey, we have German class. Oh my gosh, we're lit for our German class. We better go. Okay. I feel like complete. Complete. Perfect. I love you, honey. I love you very much, honey. Give me a kiss.